I really want to know about <laughs> just contradictions, like somehow how you're in this post-Civil War nation that still has like violent outlashes of nationalism, but at the same time, arts and culture are a form of building a national identity. Mm-hmm. And so, and you're like a force for that. And so, and then also like being a woman in this field of dance and performance when like not even that long ago it was only men that were allowed to be dancers Mm. and then like you go out into the rest of the world and then it it kind of is flipped where there's much more much more women dancing Mm. than men but then Mm. not necessarily better supported or even equally supported (laughs) (laughs) so there's like there's a lot of contradictions that i think are really interesting to ask you about g'day everybody welcome to wombat radio today we're chatting over skype with venuri from uh Venuri is in Sri Lanka and I am in Nottingham, um, Colombo in Sri Lanka, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. Right on. The capital. Do you want to say anything about yourself? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it's... It, so, uh, uh, I always like, myself I say something different. <laughs> Let's see what I kind of end up saying today. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm a performer, uh, um, a dancer, so primarily, I come from a training of a traditional Sri Lankan dance, which is called Kendian. That was my main training. Um, and then um, now I've kind of uh, working kind of like a, something in between performance art, dance and theater, I think, the kind of work that I make. Um, yeah, and I'm based in Colombo, Sri Lanka. And uh, I also sometimes teach um here at the university but it's very haphazard that kind of it's uh it's not regular <laughs> that work um yeah that's in terms of work that's how i guess how i would yeah, yeah, yeah. introduce myself <laughs> um when you do you wait until you have an idea for something that you want to make or do you just put yourself in a space so that you like turn your phone off and get into an empty room and then start making something and then see what it is. Usually it's been the the first one, yeah. where it's uh, sometimes it's been a reaction to something that's going on yeah. and uh, wanting to kind of uh, talk about something or express something or get people to think about something. Mm. Um, that has been. Uh, I think a lot of the work that I have made, but recently I've also been uh, just started research with a group of people. It's very, very recent. So I don't even know where it will go, but I've actually, I'm actually trying to do this opposite thing of starting from the body, being in the space and seeing what comes out. Uh, But, um, but also I have some parameters within what, what I think I'm working with, but, um, but it's not overtly about anything or, reaction to anything which has been the way things have been before i think do you so when i do that when i get into a space and then i see what comes out usually almost instantly i start deciding that some of the things that have come out i like and some of them i don't like is that happen for you most of the things that come out i don't (laughs) (laughs) ah spoken like a true artist (laughs) <laughs> and do you let them live or do you immediately try and close them down? 
Um, I think I let them live. I think because again, because I, a lot of the time I work in isolation. Yeah. I mean, by myself. So what I do is also I try to. Um, I mean, sometimes you think you, you know, you, the the experience of what you're doing and what it visually, what visually what you're doing can sometimes be two very different things. Mm. You know how it's seen and how you think you're being seen. Yes. And so I try to uh, kind of, as much as possible, um, film what I'm doing. Um, and then I look at it and, well, so there has been moments when I've like put it aside and then maybe some, some years later or months later, I'm working on a completely different thing. And I've gone, I look back at the stuff I've just collected and see like, oh, actually that, that day, that thing that I was doing would make sense for now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it's like a collection yeah. almost. Yeah. Yeah. That, um, the, Richard Feynman talks about the same thing for science where he feels like he he doesn't quite know what something will be useful for yet, but he's come up with yeah. an idea and he just like holds it. And then yeah. eventually something in the world says, oh, that this is the moment. Yeah. But and sometimes it's even thoughts. Like I've, I, I was going through some of my notes recently and say recently I made a work about uh, something and then I went back to like many years ago and I had written little things about that topic or my thoughts and I didn't even I don't even remember that I had been thinking about it like couple, like four or five years ago wow. and then how it has kind of managed to manifest itself now so it's yeah. like really interesting how your body without even knowing yeah. your body and your mind is kind of like incubating all of these things and they come out when they when when the time is right or I don't know like yeah. maybe sometimes you don't even have control over those things maybe you know yeah, I wonder about the kind of control that we might have over them because when, I guess at the beginning, tell me if this is your experience, at the beginning you're actually mm. just taking it all in mm. and especially mm. dancing techniques and movement pathways and mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. and then at some point it switches and then you're supposed to become the author or the choreographer or the, the person who makes mm. the decisions but actually what you have to work with seems to be exactly like you said, all of these accidental things that you've collected along the way mm -hmm. and so i wonder mm -hmm. then about how your how much of your trained movement you let dictate the way that you then dance or if mm. you are always trying to uncover more mm, recent or relevant or instant responses or something mm. i think that there's something about the training and also that can shift like it, I have noticed the same if I'm improvising with something uh if I have been doing a certain kind of training in that period my body will work in a certain way right. uh and that can also shift and I don't know and and maybe beneath that there is like a basic um a basic thing that is there all the time but layering onto that I think like even just in things of qualities like sometimes I find myself oh I'm just much more lighter uh, these days this this week somehow because of something else that I've been doing or maybe sometimes I just find myself completely heavier you know like just different things depending on what you're doing in that period uh, but I also uh, I found myself in terms of over a period of time looking at certain things I've made like looking back at things I've made, thinking that I've made very complete different pieces, but realizing that my, I've I have a collection of say, say patterns of yes. of of 
expressing because also it's like a single body i'm working with a single body <laughs> and you know this habit pattern it's like yeah. that keep coming out but it's like oh there's a certain symbol or a or a or an image that i've kind of worked with which i can find common patterns but it's different you know it's yeah, yeah. it's come out to say something very different or uh manifested in a different way but there's a common thread across it and is that so in terms of how even the final product is i found like oh over the over the period of time there's connections somehow do you sorry the patterns that are coming out that you're noticing though are they from like um dance training patterns are they candian train dancing Mm, patterns or i think i can't overtly say it's candian dance or anything like that Mm. but it is again there's a quality about it yes uh i think that would that i could connect to even this one (laughs) Like that's something I've never seen my dad do, for example, this like <laughs> pinch the air just above the forehead and then draw a line straight down. Yeah, in front what of the is face. that? Have I done I that before? Know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, it makes a stand. Yeah. So if I was to say like, an old, if I was to drive into a truck yard and like pick something up from an old man and he was trying to make a point, he would make this yeah. like fingers together, oh, yeah. flat hand point to the air yeah. in front of him. Whereas you're doing this like string pull down in front of the face and it means it seems to mean the same thing <laughs> yeah i didn't even i didn't even not, notice i was doing that <laughs> but yeah and also because because for me uh you know this kind of choreology uh when i went to that my one year in laban and yeah. learning under rosemary brandt and kind of like looking back at movement i mean that's when I, it kind of completely changed how i look at my own training and movement and really approaching like working with dynamics, working again with, with qualities and dynamics has been something that I've been very interested in. So like, um, so then, but, but still the form, finally, the form of how it looks across the board, I can find similarities. And I think that is to do with the training that I've had before, Right. whatever it is, you know, there's kind of like a, um, it's, it's, uh, for example, there's there's much less release. Like I would have to consciously release and go to the floor, uh, you know, that mm. kind of thing if I wanted to. And um, things are more kind of standing, kind of, you know. Uh, but, but also, that- but also I've tried to do the very because also we're used to doing a lot of movement and a lot of meaningless movement. Uh, uh, my my direct reaction to that has been to do very little, yeah, and do very little. Slowly. Yes. <laughs> I've got two questions about that. Like to do lots of meaningless movement. Um, uh, I want to come back to that specifically and talk about that. But I also wonder if a lot of the, say, remaining standing comes just from <laughs> what the environment makes safe to do. And mm. if you're... Um, Working on a cement floor. <laughs> For example, if you if you're doing rehearsal <laughs> cement or tiles, and the t- yeah, or tiles. yeah, and like as soon as you get a bit of sweat under your feet, then the tiles get slippery as well as hard. Yeah, and the cement is cold, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this is what True. I wonder. But then I think about um, break dancers and how they just don't give a shit, and there's like dirty huh. cement, and then they just still do it. So sorry. I, Sorry, Matt, I, I lost you there. I, I think didn't... about breakdancers. Hello? I, I lost you. Sorry. Oh, yeah. And then I think maybe I should just harden up and do the dance because breakers just do it on cement out on the street and that's really cool. 
Because <laughs> I was at, um, when I was in Paris, there's this place where people go to jam and train called 104, and it literally is just polished cement. And so people yeah. are doing all sorts of dance styles, but you're right that, like, mostly it's mostly standing up. Standing, yeah. But are there, do you have studio access or do you try and put yourself sometimes in a, in a different environment to generate different material? Uh, yeah, I mean, the choices are pretty limited yeah. here, <laughs> I would say. But Just your mom's yeah, lounge mean, room? Yeah, but I mean, I've been, a lot of the work that I've done, like, uh, like I was telling you before, is in my mother's living room late at night when everyone's sleeping. Uh, but also the Goethe Institute, uh, the German Cultural Center in Sri Lanka, has been quite supportive of um, kind of uh, this kind of like a, an independent dance scene and also especially from, and from, for me and my work as well. So uh, you can kind of, if you can hire the space, the, not hire, actually it's for free. You can ha- um, reserve the space which is kind of, it's, it's an old colonial building and they have a hall in there, which is also like kind of a cement tiled floor, wow. but they have dance carpets, oh, wow. which was bought, brought down for, I think, a performance of Constance Macras. Uh, I'm not sure. They, there was a, a production that came down and they needed dance carpets, so they had to bring them down. So now the community here can use these carpets. Wow. Um, so you can, you'd roll them out. Um, and use them if necessary. Yeah. And I've, I've also even borrowed one of the dance carpets and put it in my mother's living room during the process of making one work. And then actually this whole, the, the, the space that I used in the, in the work, uh, uh, the work became actually a square, which was kind of the width of the dance carpet. Of course. Uh, and uh, the length was, I mean, not the same, but the width yeah. became, yeah, the width of the dance carpet finally. So, yeah. How... Um, late do you rehearse because i imagine when you're say rehearsing in your mom's lounge room that's like a late night rehearsal right yeah pretty late night. and sometimes you... i would start after 11 p.m and work till like three in the morning or something. is is that <laughs> magical does more do you find more for, windows yeah for me yes i think there's something about the quietness of that time yeah that there is no sound yeah. uh except of course nature and some crickets maybe and things like that uh but it's really uh something about the 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 lack of the the sound gives it kind of a a special feeling of being able to uh, work at that time but also logistically i'm just kind of like don't like it when people are suddenly like walking through and then somebody will ask a question what am i doing and what do you want to eat something you know all these like random questions (laughs) 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 oh you know and so yeah. So yeah, so just to kind of um, yeah to yeah. work. But I remember even when in my yeah lab, and I used to always be the I used to always uh, book the studio late at night when everybody had left the building. Mm. So kind of like after seven till nine or whatever the time I was allowed, mm. uh, it was like an empty building and just kind of like being able to be alone when no one's watching. Yeah. I think was kind of a feeling that I needed for creation yeah. because also Laban is like, I don't know if you know the building, but it's a, it's kind of like a, a goldfish bowl or a, a glass house where it's like, it's a greenhouse where it's full of glass. Like, you know, you can see into the studios yeah. and uh, somehow, I don't know. I felt, feel the need to kind of not be seen while, yeah. while, while yeah, going through a creative process or this feeling of being alone kind of. Yeah. I kind of think about it. Mm. 
And also generally, I'm, I'm not a morning person. <laughs> <laughs> But is that, does that yes. hold up when you cross time zones as well and you get jet lag? Are you still not a morning person? That's a weird thing. I think I am. Like across the board, I'm a bit of an insomniac huh? uh, and not a morning person. I don't know. Hmm. Um, yeah. But there's something about needing the rest of the world to quieten down so that you can hear the very, very quiet voice of whatever is inspiration or impulse or genius. Mm. Like that needs to come to you and it's somehow it's nowhere near as loud as all the other. And also you know that the first time you listen to it and try and do the thing, it's going to be embarrassing and you don't want anybody to see the first or the second or the third. Or, I mean, that's how I experience it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the funny thing is actually, but when I'm doing other productive work, like studying or having to do some email kind of thing, because yeah. I'm a huge procrastinator, oh, really? I think it's, I can't help it. It's because I was born on this island. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> cultural. It's cultural, isn't it? It's not your fault. No, but you know, I kind of like have to get through all the other things to actually finally do the work I have to do. Yeah. So, uh, and that's why it's really hard also working by myself to have to make my own deadlines and do all these things. It's to it's 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 a real learning process. And I'm not sure if I'm getting better or worse. I think I'm getting worse. But um, but yeah, so sometimes I had to put myself in places where there are other people mm. where I feel like, oh, I'm being watched or I'm being seen or at least... I have to perform productivity, like, you know, so it's the opposite of when I'm being creative, when I have to work on something else, yeah. even if it's reading or like you know, the research time when, they, when it's reading or that kind of thing, I find it sometimes better to be in uh, places where there are people mm. somehow. And I imagine that, yeah, somehow I can be seen that Do I'm doing this. It's something about... <laughs> it's a um, weird external locus of control, actually, yeah. Yeah, there's like when you know that it, there's a very definite way to perform productivity, then you know that that can be a little trick to get you into actually being productive. But yeah. when that, like it, then but then on the flip side, it almost feels like if there is a way to perform inspiration or. Mm. Arti like following an artistic idea or something, then all of those feel contrived and the voice of having to perform it for the outside mm. eye is so much uh, louder than the actual voice that's asking you mm. to do the actual work. Actual work, exactly. Yeah. But I wonder then, are you like forming your own late night ritual? Is this a situation? Because there... You mean... When I'm when I'm like doing some rehearsal or something. Yeah, when you're doing your yeah. own process late night, because there's a history of that, right? All mm -hmm. night rituals. Yeah, I I film it especially when I'm working on something, uh, or sometimes if it's just I feel like just improvising and just moving. Uh, actually, I, I haven't done it enough recently. I realized um, I've I used to do it much more often, and act my my. I had a really like bad bad video camera, which in the night you can't really see really well. But I got a small tripod for that and everything. And and I I used to still film on that. And now recently it stopped working. Oh. These are like practical issues. Basically. Yes, practical. You know, <laughs> kind of like trying to use my phone, but it's not the best. No. Um, and my laptop also, I can't like I can't save anything. Like I said, there's no space in it anymore. 
So it kind of, and the weird thing about the laptop, no, it's like it it reverses the left and right, isn't yes, it? Yes, yes. You use the yeah. So sometimes I'm confused when I'm watching something that I've done, and I'm trying to like see if I can reproduce. It's like, ah, no, it's the other way around. Um, but yeah, as much as possible, I do try to to record uh, what I'm doing uh, and just. Uh, keep those for myself. Do you think you could replace to... that technology with people, which I guess is what people used to do, right? Before everybody had these objects, and still for groups of people who don't have these objects, mm. they they do the dancing for somebody to watch it. Mm-hmm. So I think after it comes to certain certain like not. Uh, have to come to a certain phase, then I would ask people to come right. and witness it. But it's but too that's fragile also, at the beginning. Yeah, I really yeah. feel very self-conscious in the beginning. <laughs> I don't know. No, no, I, I, get, I get it. Very stuck and very yeah. kind of, um, I don't know. It's it's not that I haven't, like in, in workshops and in, in projects when I'm working with other people, in other people's work when I'm collaborating, of course, then you don't have the luxury of like going off and doing things on your own. Mm. And then you're challenged to do this when there are people watching and, you know, all of that. Mm. And, and I do enjoy... Um, uh, working with improvisation and all of that but but somehow um and also again this the thing of having people to come and watch that's also in a sense a little bit of a luxury here like to just say like who who do you want to be there and um yeah it's kind of a handful of people then who i would um ask or trust or you know that kind of thing or who's who i would think would because of a particular project, hello, are you there? Yeah, yeah. Is it about a certain you gaze yeah. that you're inviting? Like, rather than inviting a person, you're inviting the way that they watch. Mm, I think in with a couple of people, yes. And with with others, I think it also depends on, like, because I said in the earlier pieces, it's also been something that I'm, say, a particular reaction to something or something particular that I want to say. And then sometimes people who have a certain knowledge on the subject or people who have been an audience who might, like, because we don't have dramaturgs here, you know, in this, we don't have people who call themselves dramaturgs. That's another thing to add to your list. Dramaturgy. Yeah. Of doing. So... Exactly. So we don't have that. So it's like I just invite people who I think who can work in this way yeah. uh, because of I like the way they think or I like the way they look at the world or yeah. I think it would be very different from me so they could add another perspective to it, Yeah. you know? Uh, so things like that, literally. So friends, people who I know, who I, who I, um, yeah, particular reasons of why I would ask them at a certain point in the process to come and, come and watch. Um then do you think so this is something one in one of the the interviews that I read about you you're quoted as saying that there is a lack of culture of criticism and a celebration mm-hmm. of mediocrity so are you kind of like <laughs> that's obviously nothing that we want um are you inviting people in to criticize yeah i mean and I, do you I think do that somehow have... within that you're training them in how to criticize you i mean i think like we we like for example we've been having whatever most of the things that we have been having here we tried to have recently like post show kind of discussions yeah uh to kind of because also um 
And are they to, in English? Sorry? Are they often in English? Uh, they're, so, they're in English sometimes. And also yeah. recently we have, we, I, I've been started working with a, a group of artists who, uh, who I met through this kind of choreography camp that we've been doing now for two years. Oh, yeah. And, um, and uh, they also start to slowly like be encouraged to make that independent work um and uh, and none of them actually come from an english speaking background so so and also the places that we had the colombo dance platform which i curated to a couple of years ago was in the university which also a lot of the people are not english speaking uh, uh so we've had translations mm-hmm. um in those moments so kind of simultaneous sometimes english uh, singhala and tamil mm. um translations uh, but yeah, trying to create this culture of like also asking questions, uh, giving feedback, um, trying to kind of understand what is it that people see or trying to even share a process, you know, because also trying to slowly build audiences to um, this kind of smaller kind of independent kind of, I don't know if I could call it experimental, <laughs> but like, you know, uh, this kind of work. Uh, because actually, I mean, we don't have huge audiences for that. And anyway, globally, there aren't big audiences for this kind of thing, I think. Anyway. Well, whatever. Uh, this is going to make but... us famous. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> this, this kind of shit is going to make us rich and famous, Benari. Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for the <laughs> money. <laughs> I sometimes tell the joke that I've been trying to sell out for years, but actually I just can't find any buyers. Yeah, I mean, and but but in terms of like writing, like you know, reviews of work and you know that kind of critique. Yeah, uh, it doesn't really happen much uh, in the visual arts scene and things like that. There's a little bit more of that, I would say. Yeah. And recently, there's been an effort to have uh, people kind of coming in to write about things. But usually, it's a a lot of the reviews are like describing the work. Like, you know yes, what yes, happened? Yes, they're dis- they're like uh, recounting rather more, than yeah, um, descriptive and they're write a bit about the like excerpts from the program note yeah. um, and then you describe it and also because I think Colombo is a village you know it's it's it, it doesn't it, it has a quite a large population but um, but there are these people move around in similar circles right so so there have been times say somebody wrote something and critiqued some work like they would get major backlash <laughs> you know people would would really tear them down, question their work, ask them, you know, what is their credibility to write or critique mm. another work, you know, things like that. So, so, so now actually, I don't know, people don't really do that, but, but also I don't know if we have that we have enough of a practice and enough of a, uh, a kind of culture to even have that kind of critique. So I think what, ha- what works now is in smaller groups, yeah. you know, people give personal feedback and yeah. talk to each other. And I think this is also okay. It doesn't need to be publicly, no. you know, written or critiqued or whatever, yes. as long as there are discussions happening within groups. Yeah. Um, and that's, um, that's kind of constructive in some way and it's not kind of like personal or whatever. Uh, I think that's really helpful. And there's more of that happening in people from over you know, across disciplines coming together and, you know, having these discussions. Has, so that's it, has it changed how you talk about your own work? Because um, since the shift that you mentioned before about how you used to have a direct reaction to something mm. Uh, mm. And, you were, and you were trying to make a point and get people to engage in a discourse and now mm. it's shifted where you're trying to make yourself available for 
letting mm. the work become, does that make it harder to talk about what it is that you're doing? Mm, I think I always find it kind of a bit hard to, to hard, hard to talk about what I'm doing. Um, but like your your passport work that I saw at Critical Path a few years mm-hmm. ago, like that's very. Uh, it's hard to talk about because of the same reason that it's hard to watch, which is that it forces you to consider all these things that a lot of people mm-hmm. never would considered. But it's not hard to form vocal language around. Mm. Um, and I guess I I would be super keen to hear about in the way that when you were making that work, you would have been like, okay, I'm working on this thing, this passport thing and access mm. and inequality. What is it now that you're working on? What are you thinking about? Mm. Yeah, so um, uh, the current work that, I, I mean, like I said, it's just really, really, new <laughs> yeah it's just had a few kind of uh, gatherings i don't even know whether i can call them rehearsals but um um kind of uh, with this bunch of young people that young that sounds very condescending so young. <laughs> <laughs> younger than me yeah <laughs> artists um and what we've been doing actually i've, I've had this um book uh, by Deborah Hay, My Body, the Buddhist, mm. uh, for a long time. And um, I've kind of started looking at it like right now. And also I have like over a long period of time, I have a, um, I've been having, I have an interest in meditation and uh, the Buddhist philosophy. And for, but for someone who's born into a Buddhist family and this kind of Buddhist country where violent Buddhism, I mean, Buddhism is not just a peaceful kind of, uh, philosophy when you actually in the lived experience of Buddhism in this country yeah. so you kind of like kind of, I've been kind of um, publicly not so uh, not connecting with it you know, you, you know what I mean like I wouldn't directly connect with Buddhism or you know there's kind of a shame <laughs> related to it also in a way yeah. or, well, uh, it's, it's super complex right because you are in a position of being the majority exactly yeah. and then you don't agree with the way that the majority is operating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But then you also have a responsibility then to somehow respond to that because you have the luck mm-hmm. of circumstance. Exactly. Yeah. But so does that mean that you're somehow circumventing violent nationalistic Buddhism because you're approaching it from uh, like – a, a westernized idea of Buddhism, like that's written in this book. Mm, I think it's not uh, a west. I don't know if it's westernized because I, I mean, it, 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 for me, it resonates with a lot of the way I think right. about Buddhism right. actually, uh, and how I would like Buddhism to be, Buddhist ah. philosophy or the practice of Buddhism to be talked about. Yes. You know, in a sense, um, and uh, and and my earlier pieces have. Have actually critiqued or been a response to this violent nationalist Buddhism that is here and this kind of anti-Muslim rhetoric, you know, like this kind of thing has I've I've, I've worked with, and now I've kind of been looking at this this trying to work with the the exp the experiential practice of it because I've also I mean it used to be two separate things dance and meditation for me used to be yeah. quite separate yeah. because also one of the reasons that that my mother, for example, didn't want me to become a dancer was because of the Buddhism. Uh, uh, because 
the, the thought of this kind of it being an, a kind of like aesthetic, beautiful kind of presentation of oneself and yeah. then the possibility of developing ego uh, and this kind of like, you know, um, the, and that song, dance and all of these things, uh, you know, would probably enhance craving and attachment and sensuality, and uh, which is against Buddhism, you know, <laughs> so this is kind of like the general thought. Yeah, right? yeah. Like, of, you know. Have but you actually, found that it, it, that you do, that any of those things um, have come true? I think there is a, there can be an aspect of it. Depends how you approach it, yeah. uh, you know. And I've been uh, my whole life. I've been I've been quite this this underlying uh, thought has been. I mean, this fear of it ha- becoming that has yes. been. I think definitely always there. Okay. You know, for me, because on the same uh, like on the the flip side of the same coin, you could say that this work and the ongoing work of being a choreographer who makes work on her own body and then presents it to people should generate an empowered foundation of self-understanding and selfhood and that that could be called the ego, but also Mm -hmm. would be a force for good in the world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Like, so basically, I mean, in the beginning, I didn't even want to become a dancer or any of these things because of these kind of problems and, uh, and this, this way of thinking. And I actually wanted to do dance therapy because I thought that would be more useful. And, uh, you know, this was kind of my process of how I finally became, um, uh, became a maker because I, I mean, I do find that it is, it is powerful and transformative when there's something um, useful even about it in society. Like I had to tell myself these things and rationalize myself to allow myself to work. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes I need to tell myself. Yeah. Repeatedly. (laughs) (laughs) Once a week. Exactly. And then you have certain things happening. You're like, okay, so three people saw the work. What was the point of that? (laughs) What are you really changing? You know, of course, but, but you know, the existential crisis we all have as like, (laughs) but like, but, but, but also for me, like in coming into a approaching dance and movement, uh, in a certain way of going back into the body, like, you know, like, uh, these simple exercises of connecting with the breath and gravity and the flow and being present and being mindful Mm. is something that is such a huge practice of a performer and a dancer. And this is also the practice of a meditator, Mm. you know, whatever religion it is, you know? And so for me, like I actually, and it's not just for me, I think it's for many people. This, you know, this is why, like, well, I guess, um, what is, what are these somatic practices and everything, uh, kind of the, this is like the foundation for that kind of thinking, right? And so for me, so I've kind of like, kind of come back into the circle of, okay, actually these things are so interconnected and I'm actually in a privileged position of being able to be aware of my body uh, and, uh, you know, observe my body in a certain way, um, which uh, which is, um, yeah, which is not, uh, which is compatible with a kind of a, that kind of philosophy. So, so I've been like just working recently, just with doing this kind of 40 minute to half an hour kind of, um, uh, sessions where we just kind of try to, um, these are also little bits that are there in Deborah Hayes book and which I think is also very much like, which I've seen in meditation as well, like a kind of thinking of looking, imagining the body or like understanding that it's like, you know, made up of these thousands, millions of cells, which keep arising and passing away. Um, and also that trying to let go of everything that comes up, like if something you allow something to happen and allowing that to let go, uh, uh, to try to, to, to observe it, but 
let it go kind of thing. And also to with this attitude of knowing nothing, like imagining that you know nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, so I've been trying to to see what that means. And when you, every day it's different. Right? If you do it today, it generates something. And if you do it tomorrow, it generates something else. And so that has been interesting for me to to practice that and also in these in these conversations with the people I've been working also talking about compassion and uh, mindfulness and all of these things which I think are I think we're moving away from all of that and this thing what what happened with the east attacks recently you know it really numbed a lot of us you know I mean it I mean, I was questioning everything again and why art, why dance, what's the point, for whom, you know? Yeah. Um, and then somehow I'd been wanting to do this, uh, this, this, this kind of research for a while and then I felt actually this is the right time now to start it, kind of also to, to allow the people also in the room to talk about how they were feeling, to address the how it's affecting the body like whatever is going on to observe what that really is Mm. and then like not not having to say anything or make anything at the moment but just kind of like processing what's been happening with the body and and that's also for me related to psychology and like my my education my master's is in psychology um and uh so this kind of like i i do find that there's some level there's like this mind body disconnect coming back to the mind body connection and seeing how those things affect each other i mean i i don't know if i'm making any sense right now but like <laughs> this is kind of <laughs> well i really i really like the idea that you just talked uh, our way to, into which is uh art as a processing rather than a um, product and representation or rather than a reassurance to the ego. Actually, it's a method or uh, an action that is on offer to us to Mm. not only be affected by the world because we can't not be, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. but to notice how we are affected by the world and then to work through it somehow. So you're not mm. working on it. You know that you're actually like diving into, and it 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 simultaneously could sound indulgent and at the same time completely integral and necessary, because mm. the intelligence of the of physicalized experience is not whole if it's not accessible. Mm-hmm to the rest of you and and, and then also your community. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder then if you could also go on to justify that work that you're doing because of your situation um, at the top of like um, social and economic and cultural hierarchies within Sri Lanka, but then at the bottom of international hierarchies for citizenship and nationhood and things like that. Like somehow you... Um, you're in a in a very particular place that even the even that that you were doing this work mm. becomes quite a a call to empowerment and and action and community. Um, a, a, as that it would be very different if I was doing this work, for example. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but it's interesting. I did meet people across that. I, have similar, I think like globally people are finding, trying to make sense of a lot of things and going back into these kind of like 
ancient knowledge, wisdoms, and you know, connecting over the way. And mm. of course, some of it is really like. Um, what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'll I just know. explain to the <laughs> audience <roll>. listening. Exactly, <laughs> I roll. <laughs> the movement said better than any word. But do you find that yeah. um, when you are taking that experience and processing and you're turning it into choreography that there is struggle, that you struggle with mm. choreography? Yeah, so, so at this point we haven't done any choreography okay. or taken it. So it's just been kind of... Um, kind of these sessions where we experience, we talk about it, we talk about different concepts also, what that really means to us and what how these things manifest and how things we've been affected. So it's been a lot of conversation and trying. And also in the, so so in this, so it's a twofold thing that I'm doing. So in that is the experience part of it. And then I'm trying to approach also like parallelly, uh, we've also been trying to look at, okay, observation and, and analyzing from outside. Yeah. And I've actually gone back to, Candian dance um, as a form, mm. um, as a form, and just trying to now play with it um, in terms of um, uh, in terms of space, in terms of uh, uh, dynamics, in terms of you know quality, all of that kind of thing, which is which has been done with b- many forms and with almost all forms I think across the world. Mm. And for me, I've kind of wanted to do it for a really, really, really long time, but have a, not have a, have had the confidence or the courage in a way. Um, and uh, so now just doing these two things at the same time and somehow I, in the beginning also I thought that they would be two very separate things, but I'm kind of trying to find like how these things would connect and I still really don't know. Yeah. But I'm doing, yeah, one part of it is like quite experientially internal and the other one is quite, external and working with kind of architecture of the body and form. Uh, but again, we're not trying to say anything with it. Uh, yeah, this just, is It's actually just thing. now like process and research at yes. this point. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then do you think yeah. it will come to a point where it is saying something and then you'll realize what it is saying and then have to decide if you want to want to say that? Or do you think that at some point you'll realize what you want to say and then you will change the thing. I, at this point, I'm thinking that it'll, it'll manifest in some way yeah. uh, what it's saying and I'm open to seeing what that is. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and I'm trying to avoid like putting something on it. Yes. Uh, yeah. So. Um, can we talk a little bit about how I find you hilarious in daily life? <laughs> <laughs> But then when I've watched your performances, they're yeah. quite confronting in that Serious. there's no, well, there's just no, um, there's no way out. Like you're yeah. very there. You watch us watching you and then yeah. you, you like through that gaze, I feel that it would be disrespectful for me not to observe your breath or not to observe the way that you start to shudder or something like that. Um, and, and then because I'm of course observing your breathing, then my breathing gets in time with your breathing. And then there's somehow where you become, I don't know, the shaman of the ritual or something. And then I just get sucked into the, the (laughs) performance of it. And at no time are you like, ah, just joking. It's all right. Everyone relax. (laughs) Yeah. But I, I think it was like kind of the opposite where I kind of start pretty light. 
Uh, and kind okay. of like put people into this position of yeah it's going to be like a fun thing and mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Uh, kind of you know and then like kind of switch um yeah. or it kind of suddenly becomes this like okay what did i just walk into kind of yeah. thing <laughs> but i have been like I, something i have been thinking about like why am i why am i the complete opposite of myself when i make work um and i don't know what that is but there's also like even recently someone said that uh, when they saw my work they said oh there's there's actually humor in it and it's like it's kind of very subtle it's kind of like just little like it's like oh there i'm not playing with you but i'm not you know this kind of <laughs> this kind of humor and it's not like overt kind of a thing mm-hmm. uh, but um it's it's a, yeah it's a guess like again playing with timing and you know things like that but uh, but i have but i yeah this has i have thought about because I think being funny is like a really difficult thing, isn't Super it? I think it's, it's it's much easier to not be. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> but maybe you maybe you um, made it very clear just then, where you're like, okay, I have the thing that I'm doing in the sense that I want to create in the room, but also yeah. I'm playing. I'm playing yeah. with the timing, and then I'm playing with you as the audience, and then I'm playing with my costume or my body or my seriousness, whatever it is. So maybe it's just that you are playing. <laughs> that we feel that there's a, that's the subtlety of the humor. Yeah. And of course, sometimes it doesn't get noticed. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think about, Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, I think it was you, was talking about um, how the modernization of the form since the women, like since women got to start doing the dance, the, Mm. um, that it became entertaining, entertainment, mm. mm-hmm. and it became sensualized rather than mm. some other like uh, process to enter into a, a, a heightened state or something. And I mm-hmm. wonder if you think about that when you're also presenting your body to viewers. If you think about how this this form that's in your body would have been like quite a traditional masculine ritualistic gateway Mm. to a transcendent state and Mm. do you are you trying to achieve a similar thing with the choreography that you present or do you try Mm. and uh, do you get self-conscious that it's becoming sensualized or being seen as entertainment or Mm. so again like i don't know how much i've been working with the Kenyan dance form overtly uh in the last few years but uh the last piece of what I would call choreography because uh-huh, yes. the last few weeks that I've made was probably like more kind of performance artwork or ritual work or installation work. But my last choreography piece, like I think it was 2014 when I made that mm. really long time ago. And so um, there I was kind of trying to, I mean, I was looking at uh, to, to talk about this particular point. I was looking at the hip, for example, and this thing of that we cannot move the hip. Right. So how does how I was observing how does it, this thing become sensual because of suddenly these hip movements are added and they're like, you know, very provocative and this kind of thing. And then the classical training is like you just do not move your center or your hip, you know. So I was kind of trying to explore, like, how can I work with the hip? in a way that is more about power and vulnerability mm-hmm. than about object, objectification and sensuality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of the research that I was doing, uh, one of the researches I was doing with, with my body in that piece. Um, and then recently, actually, I've 
I've I've actually discovered the power of sensuality, and I kind of really love it. Tell me more. <laughs> I mean, and then you know me as a, as pers- personality-wise, like when I just like normally we go dancing or whatever. I'm kind yeah, of yeah. I do feel I like you very... <laughs> you embrace the power of sensuality. Um, but also yeah, the beautiful I... thing that you say is that in the power of sensuality need not be objectification. Exactly. They're, to- yeah, exactly. they're totally different things. Yeah, and so the, the the last work I made actually was um was for a festival called Columboscope in which we when you were here in Sri Lanka ah, that time. Yes. Yeah, the one that you missed. Yeah. So I was actually worked in a couple of um dance bars in Sri Lanka for my research. So they have these bars uh where um where girls are doing kind of like Bollywood dancing. Um and uh men in come like to a, watch. In in like a Las Vegas kind of way? Oh, very much not. A Las okay, Vegas okay. Kind of I was just, that's that's all I could liken it's it like, to. Okay. Like, take it down, like, a lot of notches. Like, okay. Like, imagine dingy, tiny spaces um, and kind of um, really non-mainstream underground. Um, okay. Yeah, and it's, it's so, so a couple of these places are where, where, Girls are dancing throughout the night. Men come and sit and they watch and they garland you, right? Uh, for and then you get a commission on the on the garlands. What like, what is a garland? They buy the garland. So like you know, like a flower, ah, like yes. a, you know, like what you might put on a put on a god in a covil or yes, something. Like yes. Kind of, so that so that there is no direct transaction of money, um, but the girls are uh, girls are dressed in Bollywood outfits. I don't know how to explain. It's like very glittery and like. Uh, short blouse, long skirts, and makeup and everything. And there's a lot of Bollywood music playing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, and then the other place I worked in was like a nightclub. It's Hang a on, nightclub, you worked but... in these places dancing? Y- yes, yes. Okay. I did. <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, so the other place that I worked in was kind of a, yeah, it was kind of a nightclub where where you have two, two kinds of uh, uh, services of women basically one is you come in and you can have someone to sit with you uh, and chat to you and you know fill you up whatever and then uh, you, you they get a commission on the drinks that you buy right. uh, and the others are the dancers so we come in intermittently every hour and then we dance and then um, then again you get garlanded and there's a commission on that so um, and then at the rest of the time it's like a nightclub and you can dance so so the thing is this has been happening over the years and us being in this bubble of kind of like the Colombo, you know, uh, let's say the middle classes, we don't, we actually don't have much of an awareness of this, you know, uh, of these kind of places. And I was, I was really interested in what happens there and where are these women from and what kind of agency do they have? And also because of my own questioning of how I dance when I'm out, the way I kind of, you know, this kind of like, you know, you're being watched, but you're dancing for yourself. And then there's, you know, like these kind of transactions that happen in a nightclub where a guy tries to buy you a drink and in exchange for something, but it's all very blurred kind of transactions. Mm. And I was interested in how it's different mm. in these kind of places. And when I first went to look at them, I, I was I got friendly with a bouncer in another nightclub and he's the one who kind of took me like my pimp kind of thing. And uh, I was really impressed that for one there was a lot of women in these places you know like in other nightclubs in Sri Lanka there's more men than women mm-hmm. and so there's a lot of women and you kind of as an outsider you kind of feel safe as a woman because 
the boundaries are very clear what who's doing what so you know you're kind of left alone as well right. uh, and there seemed to be a lot of agency anyway so then I worked in these places and then the performance was and then when I started I didn't know what I was going to do with it uh, but because of this festival and then I was invited to make a piece for it and then there was a a nightclub that was not functioning anymore it was near the harbor uh, in, it was a nightclub in a grand oriental hotel that's what it's called oh. um uh, there uh, we hired the space and we recre- kind of recreated this kind of situation uh, but we upped it like we changed it to kind of suit the kind of audience that would come in for this kind of columboscope kind of festival right uh, and it was a kind of immersive work where we gave them fake money to be able to engage with us. And then there was also you could actually buy uh, booze and food uh, if you wanted and you could hang around for four or five hours. And it was over three days. Wow. Um, and we had we had like people who were employed as bouncers and like also a lot of women as well and five dancers. Uh, and we kept dancing nonstop um, in this space. And it was kind of like quite an experiment. And also at the end of this, it was. It was also really interesting how it's empowering to be, to be able to, I don't know, like you know that you're being watched, you know that you're dancing for someone, but, but also it's, there is agency to some extent to how you're moving, to who you're moving for, and to explore that kind of sensual part of you, which is kind of like usually boxed in and labeled or judged, you know, yeah, yeah. and to be able to, to be able to do that in this way actually shifts something. I don't know how to explain it, but it it, it really, um, because I was talking to the girls who performed with me and at the end of it, they really felt empowered. Mm. And it changed also how they would engage with men and people outside of the of the space somehow. I mean, I don't know how it happened, but it was because they allowed themselves to kind of like be seen, you know, yeah, wow. without, any, without any kind of, yeah, without, um, I don't know how to explain it. But of course, there's there's the power dynamic shift because it's also who's giving you the money. Yes. Who, you know, they have the power of also deciding who you're dancing for and that kind of thing as well. Yeah. But um, And what was the, when you were saying that you were in, interested about where are these women from and what are their ages and what did you find out? So they're pretty young, the ones who are dancing. They're really pretty young and they're all from out of Colombo. So they're not really uh, from the city. Um, and they are, some of them are, were going to university. They needed extra money. It's mostly because you know that you can get a certain number amount of money over a period of time and then you can access a different kind of life. Wow. And then you leave, wow. you know. And none of them were there because they were forced to be there. Like a lot of them came because of the perks of the thing or or because, you know, and then they, you see that some of them are really enjoying what they're doing also. And from a kind of like judgmental middle class, I said, but do they really have the choice? Like those are my friends, my pe- people I knew were asking me, but do they really have the choice? Yeah. You know, depending on the circumstances, like, yeah. can we really say that? But I mean, like, I don't understand why we should take that away from them. It's because yes. we have a certain framework of looking at what this work is yeah. and how we, uh, we judge that, you know, and we think like, oh, if it can only be if you have no other choice that you would end up using your body in this way. And this kind of, you know, but I think there's so, these really young girls, like somehow 21, 22 sometimes, but they're so kind of, I don't know, super strong. Yeah. Like, I wish I was like 21, you know, <laughs> super, super strong, super aware of their bodies and, and super 
and super aware of what they're doing, you know. Yeah. And it's like we are using this patriarchal structure uh, to to benefit us, yeah. you know. <laughs> and and that's kind of what it is. And of course, I'm not saying it's with, not without its dangers and without the 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 the, the repercussions of certain things. But still, um, I mean, the other possibility for them might be having to work for n number of hours in a garment factory and earn next to nothing yeah. you know and then maybe possibly be sexually abused and have no way of yeah. you know uh addressing that or fighting that you know so and here they've chosen to do this mm. um yeah wow and then uh, since then also they started doing some workshops actually for women to i don't know i don't know it sounds all like very uh <laughs> new agey <laughs> but also it's like interesting that how i found like in our society like how we disconnect with with our kind of bodies and the power of this kind of connecting with our center and sensuality and all of that and also being able to look back also being able to 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 be able to move in a certain way where you have kind of like some positive feedback positive judgment because you're still seen and someone is encouraging you and watching you and all those things can be so empowering mm. uh so i've been trying that out in like workshops with only women recently as well since this kind of performance happened and it's been really interesting like i'm not saying that i've discovered this i'm saying it's probably happening everywhere in many other places but like for myself personally i've suddenly discovered it and something that i used to kind of uh, be embarrassed or feel guilty about i'm actually now embracing yeah so it's kind of good you know wow yeah that is one of my favorite aspects of dancing if it's done in the right from the right place in the right environment with with the supportive group of people is that it can somehow give your body back to you Mm. i think for i think for men as well in a in a different way Completely. And I think like, I mean, I've been talking to this person, I've been doing these workshops thinking we should also figure out, I don't know if we are in the right place to do this work with men, but I feel men are even more disconnected uh, than uh, with emotions and body. And also there isn't really spaces for them to even find that connection because people are now all looking at like, how do we empower women? And, you know, the conversation is a lot about women. Yeah, and I, I think will. like yeah, damn right, that should be there. But also, let's not forget the men because at the end of the day, you know, they're the problem. It was so we good. Need to work with them too. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's so true. It's um, it's it was that wow, that was a beautiful performance of the reality of the situation. There's like slowly lower your voice when it's like yeah, we need to work with the men too because uh. They're the problem. <laughs> it's true. I I made a dance duet in relationship to this as well, in that like the embodiment or the lack of embodiment leads to the um the like what would you call it? <sighs> when you've got like an infection and then it keeps getting worse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's really hard I imagine for people not to be able to be vulnerable, right? I mean, you're supposed to be strong all the time and, you know, all of this, and it can have deep repercussions, like, if mm. you can't connect with that, mm. you know? So, yeah. Um, do you feel like this is part of your responsibility 
to be involved in like the dance community of Sri Lanka or do you think this is actually just not even specific to the dance community it's just like responsibility of being a part of your community I think it's I think the thing about being in places like this is you cannot define yourself in one way. Ultimately, yeah. you have to do multiple things, yeah. uh, which I think I actually kind of appreciate. Yeah. In one way, it it makes you do more than you know, um, and and yeah. So in one way, I do feel responsible somehow for a, for a dance community, and also it's because maybe it's a selfish thing of being very lonely, mm. and you could kind of want to create a community that is kind of that you can hang out, chat, talk, support, you know, and that kind of thing is, I don't want to sound like, like, you know, I don't want to complain about the situation here and be like, oh, no, it doesn't exist. But it really doesn't exist. I mean, I mean, it's very, it's a very small group of people. And, and, and also, so, so, so there's, so there's a selfish aspect to it, I think, as well. But um, I, I do feel responsible for that. And also because of the kind of context that I'm coming from, I feel that also it's very difficult to be, uh, to be removed from that context as an artist. Mm. And there is a sense of responsibility as an artist to engage with the community mm. in, in however way you can. Mm. Um, and that privilege of distancing yourself actually is, it's um it's actually really a privilege then you know yeah. uh so yeah i guess i've made that choice to kind of somehow engage in both ways mm. and and then i think they feed into each other and i'm not even sure if they're really separate yeah but uh, yeah do you I mean, usually I wrap up these kind of conversations asking what is your biggest hope for all of the efforts of, uh, you know, doing the very uh, specific work of like how do I move my hips so that they're serving me and not the male gaze. and But then yeah. also this like broader keeping a community going, um, thinking about uh, uh, violent nationalism and and then also claiming that space back. And then also like the total mundanity of like, okay, I've got to borrow the carpet from here so that I can take it to my mom's lounge room so that when everybody <laughs> goes to bed, I can start making dance work. <laughs> uh, I mean, the hope is like, I guess for me, like I really like this thing. It's feeding on from the last question of this kind of kind of having a kind of community where I don't think it needs to, I don't think we need to be separate as dancers or whatever. I think it's like artist community. And I think like most of like this kind of discussions and uh, working with each other is like with visual artists, theater people, all of that. And I think that's, that's a kind of interesting thing also about it, right? Like that you don't define yourself in this, you don't have to anymore define yourself in this one way, Mm. but to be able to like, I think it's just to have to, to have that kind of community and spaces that and people that receive that are wanting to receive you without like it kind of being some kind of weird like kind of I don't know um, this kind of what's the what, what's the word I don't know what the word is that I want to use right now but somehow like sometimes you feel like you don't fit in here like yeah. you know, that I don't 
fit in here and that and sometimes they can be kind of nice because they're like oh yeah i'm different <laughs> there's a few of us that's like huh we are not like everybody <laughs> but you know but really it's like really it's not that we're not like so different or anything like that but it's just that it's like you have to keep explaining yourself like mm. how you're doing why you're doing what you're doing and validate yourself all the time because it it look people look at you as if you're irresponsible somehow you know i sometimes feel of, irresponsible and then yeah. i also sometimes feel like hang on i'm taking responsibility for the actual things that someone needs to take responsibility for yeah yeah and it's because what what the community thinks is important It's so like here the fact of not having a family at by this point not you know like not doing mm. an actual job mm. not um concentrating on making money i mean these like really like very obvious things mm. that you're expected to be doing and established by this point in your life i mean i'm going to be 40 in a couple of years so this like people look at you like kind of almost like sometimes irresponsible and also maybe sometimes sorry uh for you but also i think in a way there's also a feel of like oh but you are not in the kind of um kind of not having to do the task of raising a family there's also that thing of like they kind of like feel like oh i don't know like they would just kind of like want to drag you down to have to work hard and do this kind of <laughs> thing they assume that you're not working hard somehow they assume that this is an easy thing but i really think it's it's really hard mm. and you question yourself every day and you question the purpose of it like every day and especially like rec- like i said like when these things happen with the tax and all you kind of question like why and for what and you know i i really did stop dancing and i kind of just started working with the refugee community going in and out and physically being there and doing something completely different because i felt like what is the point of art even so even i myself as an artist i sometimes sometimes question that and so i can imagine why other people would you know yeah. but it's like always this whole thing about like trying to find meaning no meaning in your life and trying to like say that you don't have a meaningless existence and i think different people are finding different ways to give meaning to their life and um I don't know. So art is meaning. I answered the question but like again. <laughs> okay. No, I think Sometimes I just wish things were easier, you know, like <laughs> <laughs> I hope for things to be like you know in the morning and someone be like, "You know what? There's this project and there's this part of money and there's a studio space and there's a dramaturg and there's a producer and like someone to do all the logistic work and you don't have to, you know, do everything." <laughs> and then you can sit and just make the work and I'm like, "Wow." Maybe that's a luxury maybe that will make you I don't know maybe that will reduce the things that you're doing or I don't know but like sometimes if you like you wish that that would be possible you know? Yeah I I my feeling on it is that it's not ever that easy even yeah. for people who are like <laughs> trying to build an apartment complex or something exactly. they exactly. still have to go out and find the money and <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the lucky the luckiest thing is that we get to choose the hard work yeah. that we do and not everybody gets to choose that's true i mean definitely like there's a choice and there's also like a thing that you really find somehow in some way you're passionate about it and you know all of this but i have been questioning like what my process is and where i am and kind of feeling a little bit lost and you know these questions of like am i a fraud will i be found out like oh i'm not really an artist <laughs> like all these things are all accidental like you know do i really know anything you know all these questions mm. and so actually i'm like recently i'm just like the last couple of years trying to apply for a masters program and go and kind of like you know immerse myself in a 
process that will allow me to rethink like what is it that I'm doing or a question process, give me words maybe or like give me context to talk about. I don't know if it's if it's necessary or not, but for me, I feel like maybe it'll be a good thing. So I've been kind of like, but I've maybe like I've twice I missed the deadlines of like applications. So mm. This year I need to really get on, get off my ass and like, you know, apply for these things. And sometimes the situation in the country has given me a kind of, kind of push to be like, okay, it's a good time to get out for a while uh, and come back. So yeah, I think that's the next phase of like thinking where to go and, how to do and how to question what it is that I've been doing all this time, you know, or to or to kind of contextualize and understand and see what my next steps are. Yeah, I guess it also it goes in phases, right? You some you need to do, and then you need to reflect. And if you try and do them mm-hmm. both at the same time, then you're mm-hmm. too paralyzed to do anything. Exactly. Yeah. Right on. Is, is there anything that I haven't asked you that you want to talk about, or any like? epiphanies or any wisdom that you try and remember when you're in process or working with people or Mm. no I think I just like sometimes I forget how powerful working with the body can be even if it's not in a performance even if it's in a workshop or the kind of sense of community that can happen so easily when you work with each other in a space. And I think that I wish that we would give it more importance really. Uh, And I feel like that's, there's so much that can be done because there's also this like buzzword these days, no reconciliation. We're doing a lot of reconciliation, which has obviously not worked. If you can see what's happening in the country now, and that's because I think we're not engaging completely with each other. And um, I think that, and I really feel that that's why that as artists and people working with the body, there's there's a lot that we can do, whether it's with making art or whether it's with working with people or whatever. And so I think that, um, and then also to do with that responsibly, you know, do no harm. <laughs> how do you? Hey, yeah. yeah, how do you do that? You got any insight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think like, I think it's important to to be present, I think. Um, And to be present and to be honest um, with yourself particularly. Um, And I think then just like listen to that and and then I think you won't go wrong. I mean, that's generally what I think. It's really hard though to be sometimes be present and honest and listen. But to practice that, I think it's super important. Mm. 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 Thanks, Vanuri. You're welcome, Matt. Thank you. Thank you for <laughs> asking me to do this. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I learned so much and I'm feeling kind of inspired. Really? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, Thank you. It's always good to talk, like, you feel like, you know, because... Like, oh, I don't know. Like, there's all of this stuff and then it helps to, like, the, also it's, like, how you ask and then how you, you take, put it back. Like, you really did that where you, like, listen and you kind of, like, summarize and put it back. It's really interesting to hear that back as well. Be like, oh, yeah, that's kind of, that is what kind of what I'm thinking of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That, I mean, that's what I try and do as a collaborator as well mm. is, yeah. is say, I, is this what you are thinking because this is what I heard you say 
mm-hmm. <laughs> or like yeah. when when I've been in as a dramaturg or an outside eye or something, and yeah. I'm like, okay, is this what you're working with? Because this is what I saw, and then they can be like, you just don't know anything, or they can be like, oh, okay, I better <laughs> change it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And also, I guess, like, I don't know whether it sounds like I'm, like, busy doing a lot of things, but I guess, like, one of the things I guess I need to say is, like, there's a lot of times that I do nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I know that feeling. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and then, then here, like, being in Sri Lanka, there's, like, no, like, sometimes you can really find yourself not having a good enough reason to do anything. But also, like, now, because I stay in an apartment, I pay my rent and all of that, so you have to kind of get up and do something as well. But, like, a lot of us, like, would live with their parents till they get married and, you know, like, all of that. So there's no even, like, you know, you just kind of have that possibility of just being at home and then you don't have to, you can actually do nothing. Yeah. <laughs> and because that, that sense of, that sense of a scene is not there, you know? Yeah. There's no competition which i which is kind of in a way it's good because there's no competition but there's also nothing that challenges you to 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 like um unless you're challenging yourself and being like okay you want to do something more because you, this is something you want to challenge yourself there's no like like real challenge from the community outside really i feel you but know? you're in the you're in the world scene now this is a global situation <laughs> like <laughs> Once you've been to residencies all around the world, right, and like presented your work in different places, and like, what was this thing that I read about that you were at the Kyoto experiment? You're doing something called water station. Oh, yeah, that was a that was a, with a theater director called Shankar Venkateswaran, and Water Station is a, a is actually a Japanese play, but it's a silent slow motion uh, play. Wow. So I was a performer in that. I played the mad woman with the umbrella. Ah, um, perfect. <laughs> I know, right? I think I was typecast, but anyway. <laughs> but it's, um, but yeah, it's like, so the entire, the piece is like revolves around a tap, a, a water tap. Mm-hmm. So they call it the water station. So, and then people enter into the stage, various kinds of characters, and they engage in some way with this water and they leave. So, and it all happens in slow motion and in silence. Wow. Yeah. And so that was that work. Yeah. But it, it did, like, it was a theater show that didn't, it wasn't really about water. It was about, like, somehow all these people having this interaction with this tap. Yeah, it was kind of about, it could be, be about migration. It could be about, like, because it was, it felt that people are leaving somewhere. Mm. They're on a long journey. Mm. Water is a very precious thing. Uh, you know, so it was kind of looking at, it could be, it, so it's kind of like trying to take things out of a context of a place, but also about looking at real, like, kind of going to the essence of humanity, in a sense, I think, um, in terms of, uh, yeah, and that's why I think the piece could be timeless, in a way it could be relevant to, to different times, but also I think, because it may, it slows everything down, you know, like as for a contemporary audience, it's like, can be also quite challenging, to suddenly to have to sit and watch this piece where everything moves in slow motion for like one hour and four minutes or something like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, well, that's what I'm wondering because when I I was really interested about um, visiting Sri Lanka because you have two monsoon seasons that I've only ever experienced one. But do you have mm-hmm. them in different parts of the country? 
Like mm-hmm. one's in the north and then the other half of the year one's in the south or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, right. Okay. So the same place doesn't get hit twice in a year. Yeah, exactly. Right. Okay. So... Cause the, yeah, but now, I mean, the monsoon is like almost like, you know, you never know when the, the rains come and go and it's it's not so exact, but yeah, I mean. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. I remember as a kid, we used to get our big our big downpour used to happen on usually on Christmas Day in Darwin. Mm. And that's what, what you would hope for because otherwise it would be just too hot to have mm. a fun Christmas Day. And then you could splash around in the puddles and it was a really great time. Yeah. But now sometimes, yeah. Mm, it just doesn't happen. It doesn't rain, no? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I'm trying to work out what to do with this water collective that I'm a part of because there's no real, like in the West, there doesn't seem to be so many rituals or cultures around water. And so I'm yeah. like collecting these, yeah, uh, references to when other people have done something where they've centered around. I mean, what the West does do is trade water. Mm-hmm. On, the, on like the stock exchange has water futures and stuff and that's mm-hmm. kind of and they make movies like Mad Max about... <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be interesting when I go to Manila because I think that because the conference that we're a part of is called Tropical Performance and okay. that is so exciting to me because I grew up in one of the only tropical places in Australia where there's a large community. Like there's one or two other towns, but most Australians live down south in the cold. Yeah. Um, so it feels more, uh, I don't know, it feels more in my body. Yeah. To be warm. I mean, interestingly, I was thinking also like now I was in Riga, it was 29 degrees and quite humid there. Mm. Um, and also when I was in, Amsterdam it was also 29 degrees and I was sweating and usually you know because it's not so humid it's not humid in Europe Mm. as far as I remember and I used to always get like super dry skin and you know this kind of thing Mm. but this time nothing like that Mm. you know so I feel like there's a shift happening like I don't know if the whole world is going to become a tropical (laughs) or like you know you can know that there's because of the ice cast melting there's definitely more water in the atmosphere And uh, things, places are becoming more humid. I don't know for whether it's like for a few days, a uh, few weeks in the in the year or what. But just now when I was there, that's what I noticed. Hmm. I found Colombo really quiet at night time. I know, right? <laughs> but it's funny. Like if you actually people have dinner only like after eight, and if you go out or something, like if you go to in, invite into somebody's house, like they would practically serve dinner at like nine thirty or something. Because what happens is. People hang around and then when you eat, they go. Like, you know? So in order to have the party going, like you need to give them food at the end. <laughs> ah, shit. Is that because there's not a lot of drinking or something? No, no, no. So that's because everyone, the men especially, would like to drink a lot first. They want to drink till they're whatever. They can't drink anymore and then they'll eat. Ah. But then the, the women would probably eat before because they're not supposed to be drinking. Uh, this is like, I would say, like, you know, the uncles and aunties parties or like family right. gatherings. Yes. Not really the young. Younger ones, but <laughs> us youngins. <laughs> Where are you going next? Outside of uh, this weekend, I'm going to East Florence. Um, so yeah, so recently I found myself doing a lot of col- collaborations actually. So this one is a kind of a sort it's a new project that's starting um, uh, with uh, artists from Indonesia, uh, Vietnam, Japan, mm-hmm. and me here and. Uh, 
there's an Ibsen play. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. Pure Gints. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of looking at uh, fear, anxiety, mobility, mobility in across um, uh, kind of what we would define as Asia um, and kind of looking at this play um, as a dramaturgical kind of um, um, uh, kind of tool or something like as a dramaturgical framework and then like create something like a multitude of peer gints as um, kind of looking at um, how the stranger, the traveler um, encounters or is changed by places, meetings, um, also like how these people are kind of maybe forced to leave or wanting to leave a place, and then as opposed to the others who are who refuse to leave, who stay, who are the 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 inheritors of a heritage, the the preservers of a culture, you know, this kind of like this kind of a meeting point or this kind of exchange that happens, mm. um, and also like I think it's really interesting now is since what happened here in Sri Lanka after the Easter attacks where this kind of fear has become really potent and this kind of almost undercurrent of um, uh, attitude towards a kind of Muslim minority or Tamil minority has now really uh, there has been reason and um, I mean, it's just come out into the surface blatantly. Right. Yeah. And everybody's like just generally just very afraid of their safety and very suspicious of anyone who they think is not from here. And then like really wanted to define who owns this place and who is of this place. And this has become suddenly the main Thing, you know and, but also like you meet people like the muslim community like because they, they like we say like oh they came later like you know the singhalese people are like we are the like the you know the original people which were not really so it's like this kind of discussion also like <laughs> yeah anyways but yeah we performed the piece i don't know if you know like we did it in zurich and then in shanghai we kind of uh yeah we kind of uh made it into a longer thing and we have dialogue like a proper script and everything yeah there's a small trailer of it but that's literally like the bit that you've seen kind of uh-huh. uh, and then from there we move on to dialogue and then we invite the audience so there's like a couple of things that happen after that mm. yeah art it got turned into art is that what you mean <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's like kind of like a lecture performance like we kind of deconstruct what we're doing and we tell the people exactly what we're doing, and then we layer it onto what we feel, what we what we feel when we do these things. Like it's kind of also like power dynamics. Of, um, so while we're doing it, we're like, okay, I feel like this, and when she looks away, I feel like this, da, da, da. and then we ask the audience also to try it with each other. Yeah, so that's kind of just the basic format of it. Yeah, it's fun to do. I don't know how the audience feels about it, but we have fun. <laughs> And that's another one of those things where I was like in the beginning making that process. I was like, oh my God, this seems like such a privileged thing that we are just like experimenting with this. And you know, like coming from where I come from, it always feels like if someone is giving you money and a studio space, like, you know, why are you there? And this having this privilege of just playing around with something that you find enjoyable and making art of that feels like such a privilege. But it was, um, yeah, something that I really enjoyed doing yeah and I was like I was really questioning and having all these crises about that as well in the process of that 
but uh, yeah it was really good to do <laughs> yeah exactly yeah and it's like really <laughs> <laughs> no but that's the thing it's like how how we defi- decide to work but it is really work and here you really have to like hone that into people because there's really no value of it as work people don't think of it as work they're like oh my god you're following your passion how nice for you great do you want to do that for free mm-hmm. <laughs> no <laughs> Yeah and even like even international things like especially when you're in the when you get programmed in visual arts settings they kind of don't want to pay you for the work I don't know because I think that in a theater and dance setting it's more like okay they understand this is work and they pay you for it but in the visual arts stuff they'll kind of cover your cover your flight or whatever but then actually sometimes there's no real payment for it or maybe they just pay for some materials or something like that you know because I guess in because otherwise like people sell their work that's what they used to do beautiful actually i was supposed to come to australia what oh sorry bless me coming no because there was um but then it didn't happen because there's an exhibition going on now in art space sydney yeah and some of my work is showing there um there's like a 52 artists 52 weeks instagram kind of project that they did and one week was me and there are uh, two artists from here me and Harlik and then uh, so i think they're exhibiting like a photograph and a little video of it and then they wanted to invite us for the symposium but then i don't know what happened so it was supposed to be in july 